0: What's up, everybody? This is Jonathan Smith, and you're listening to Overtime Takes here on KSWH LP 102.5 FM, The Pulse here in Arcadia. Colt Booth is back. What's up, man? How are you? What's up? Doing well, man. It's good to be back. It's good. It is. It's always good to be back. So I'm I'm excited for this first segment. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So now that you know LeBron has claimed his fourth title, you're going to turn on your TV. You're going to go to. Undisputed, and you're going to listen to Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless yell at each other for 15 minutes about who the GOAT is, right? And then, you know, like, you, you may flip over to some other channel where they're a little more civilized about it, but you're going to hear a lot of GOAT dis- discussion. So what we want to do, because we, we love to help the people here on Overtime Takes, is we want to let you know the worst arguments. And so if you hear somebody use these arguments, just completely ignore them.
1: Yeah, and, and these are arguments for... Either LeBron or MJ, either pro LeBron or anti LeBron or pro MJ or anti MJ. We, you know, we have our stances in in this debate, but this segment is not about what we think. This is just about hey, we're online, we're listening to podcasts, we're watching TV, uh, and we have friends that are basketball people. And these are arguments that people use that are just bad arguments. And whether you know, there are some of them that argue my point that i agree with but i'm like hey this is a, a bad way to do it uh, yeah and, and so don't listen to this and think oh well you know you're just uh you're a big lebron guy and so you're just trying to be anti-mj like no we're just trying to point out hey these are bad things don't don't do these
0: things or you're an idiot exactly so we're gonna start with the in, in mj arguments i guess mm-hmm. okay so the first one is if you're a lebron guy and you use this argument stop the players he played weren't any good Okay, so before John
1: gets started, this was the the argument that kind of spawned this whole segment idea. Is LeBron, uh, is John was hot about some of these things. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna leave you the floor. Go <laughs> okay. ahead and I'm gonna lay out. Go ahead and okay. go ahead and tell us why this is a bad argument. So
0: if you want to say that the players now a days are better, they're more skilled and things like that, like sure. But that doesn't mean that the players that Michael Jordan played against were terrible, right? He played against Hall of Famers, right? Just look at that, you know, dream team that he played on in 1992. 11 Hall of Famers, right? And they beat teams worse then than than our, you know, Olympic teams do now, right? Those guys were really good. (laughs) They were, like, they were great players, right? And oftentimes, when we look at the players that LeBron played, we consider, especially in the finals, we consider them greater because oftentimes we like to... Assess how many rings you have to how great of a player you are, right? And when you're playing Kevin Durant in the finals, who has two, three, I believe? Two. 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 Seth Curry, who has three. Uh, T- Tim Duncan, who finished with five. Paul Pierce, who finished with one. <laughs> you know, and guys like that, it's like, yeah, like the players that LeBron is, is playing are better because they have more rings. So here's the thing that, that people have to realize with Michael Jordan The players that he played against in the finals, excluding Magic Johnson, who finished his career with five rings, had five rings in 91 when they played them, all of them had zero, either finished with no rings or had zero rings when they played Michael Jordan. So because we like to success winning with how great a player is, those two things just don't correlate. And so we undervalue how good the players are that Michael Jordan actually played against.
1: Okay, so I'm going to give you some pushback here. Just not that I necessarily don't agree with you, but just to make this segment more interesting. So the thing that I would say is that the players that you brought up in your argument of, like, well, they have rings, so we'd look at them higher, like Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan was already an all-time player by the time that he beat LeBron, and I'm count, not counting 2007 because LeBron had no shot. Um, yeah, fair, fair. And so he came in with rings. Kevin Durant won rings against LeBron, but he was also playing on probably the One best teams. One of the team best teams ever, right? Ever. Yeah. And, and so, again, like that, I don't think that's necessarily LeBron. And also what I would say is, like, a lot of those players that don't have rings that Michael played against, and and the argument goes that Michael stopped them, and that is true to a point. But it's not like Michael was beating them in the playoffs every single year, right? It's not like true. he's the only one that was stopping them from getting there. Yeah. Now he did stop, like he did beat Barkley in the finals, right? Like there are some guys that he prevented from getting that
0: ring. But it's not like they had to run into Michael every single year. In this I, would, he didn't get there. I would point to guys like Patrick Ewing then, where he did run mm-hmm. into them multiple times, and that was kind of. You know, to kind of put it in a more modern terms, like the Bulls were the Bulls to Patrick Ewing are to what the Celtics were at first to LeBron James. They were just kind of the team that, that they couldn't get over the hump and then, you know, they had their chance when LeBron sat out and then just couldn't couldn't beat the um Magic that year. So I, I do think that there's guys in the East, we just don't talk about them because they don't have any rings.
1: Yeah. And and here's what my also my pushback is is I'm not going to argue about those top flight players because those were all time players and those were amazing guys that might yeah. have beat. I do think if you look at the rosters one through twelve, oh, I do think players they have a lot today definitely are better. Oh, I for, totally agree for multiple reasons, especially that second three peat. The NBA had just went under an expansion, and so the pool is a little bit diluted because they went under an expansion the year before they started that second three peat. And if you look at the influx of foreign players that we have today, oh yeah, like some of those guys, right, we see, we know Giannis and Luka, right, these are top-flight players in the league, that MJ didn't have to deal with those foreign guys as much. Yeah, other than probably I Hakeem. totally agree. However, they also fill out the, the deeper part of the rosters in a way that Jordan did not have to compete against. And so while it's not as flashy of, of stuff that LeBron's competing against, I do think on a whole the league is more talented than it was when Jordan played. And I do think that makes it, just when you're looking at talent, there's a ton of other factors, but just when you look at the talent, I do think LeBron is playing against more talented basketball players night in and
0: night out than Jordan did. True, but that would also mean he has more talented players on his team now than what Jordan did. Like, hopefully that would be true.
1: But when you look at individual teams, that's not always the case, right? And so, Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you can look at some of his teams and I'm not going to sit here and say he never played with anybody cause he obviously has, but there have been some teams that he's been on like the last two Cavs teams, um, where, especially after Kyrie left and his first Cavs team, like they were not very good teams. Um, yeah, totally and agree. And then they
0: tell. end up having to play the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no
1: shot, no shot. And then, like I said, like I'm not saying MJ did play against bad players because obviously that's not true. And I think you're right in your argument on this. Um, I just don't think it's as clear cut either direction, and honestly, that's probably what we're going to say at all of these. Is there's nuance in these conversations? It's not yeah. easy to say it's definitively this, it's definitively that, which is what we want to do because that's easy. Um, but I do think on the whole, you're right. Like, he did play against some very, very good players, right? It wasn't yeah. like he was out here. What's what's the line? MJ played against plumbers and like plumbers and electricians. Yeah, yeah like let's <laughs> let's chill out on that just a little bit.
0: So our other stupid MJ argument. This is actually a pro MJ argument. It is the if, if 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 michael jordan hadn't taken 2 years off they would have won 8 in a row no they wouldn't have okay like this is coming from a guy who's probably more pro mj i don't really care though like if you say lebron's the best i'm not going to be skip Bayless about it so i look just the wear and tear that it puts on your body and things like that and you know people are like well lebron lebron went to 8, eight straight i would argue that you know the east at the time wasn't very strong, you know, because what? Who who was the second best team? You can't even tell me who the second best team in the East was when when LeBron was was out in the East and that he went to eight in a row. You um, know, whereas so I feel like yeah, that no, kind of helps him a Celtics, little bit. Maybe early, maybe, and
1: then the problem is it's eight years, right? So there's, yeah. never, there's not going to be a good a great team for eight years. That, yeah. that runs through there. He had different teams that that rose and and fell, but yeah, I, I get what you mean.
0: And so just the the wear and tear on, on your body. I just feel like that would, would have hurt him, especially in an era that I think Colt would agree is was definitely more physical. You know, I like imagine him to play I
1: also think that's an overrated argument. <laughs> True, but a little overrated. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. continue.
0: And and so I just think that, you know, the wear and tear on his body, I think he would have lost some motivation. Just because that's that's the one thing that's really impressive for me with these guys who go to multiple finals. It's like I've been here before and I've won it before. You know, the mountaintop's great, but the mountaintop experience becomes less less special the more times you do it so I think some motivation might have been lost and things like that so there's no way he goes to eight straight
1: no there's there's not a shot and Steve Kerr has talked about this and I think he he was on a podcast with Bill Simmons and Simmons you know kind of said on one of his podcasts that they talked about it off the record and Kerr said yeah there's no there's no shot right he was on those teams he has also had the advantage of coaching teams that have tried to do a run like that yeah and he talked about what it takes out of you of going to that place and playing the way Michael played to get to the finals year after year after year. He's saying, like, basically, like, there was no chance. And, and even if you watch The Last Dance, like, when he retired the first time to go play baseball, he was gassed. Like, you could see it in, in, in the way he talked about when he left basketball. He just, he didn't have it anymore. And there was a lot of family stuff going on in his life, and so I don't want to diminish that. But yeah. I think you could see that, Hey, it takes so much out of you that to just say, "Oh yeah, he would have won, he would have won eight straight." Like that is like ridiculous, and yeah. it and it really underrates how good those Houston teams were. It really and does. Act like, "Oh well, all Jordan does is win," so he definitely would have won. And it's like, oh, "Okay, well, we're just gonna pretend '95 didn't happen." Then where he
0: didn't win, uh, that's cool. He was. A little, I mean, you're right. He was out of shape and things like that coming in from the baseball season. But yeah, I I I, I agree with you. I I think we're on the same page with this. I had another thought. Oh, can we can we diminish the um? This is a little off topic, but can we agree that they didn't suspend Michael Jordan from the league for a year and a half? Like, can we get, debunk that idea? Because I, I I hear this idea that that David Stern purposely got rid of the guy who brought in the most money for the NBA for a year and a half. There's no way that David Stern did that. All, all because he he gambled. Yeah,
1: probably not. Again, I think you're arguing against no one here. I think it's just a fun thing that people say. I don't think
0: anybody seriously believes that this happened. Well, there's people who seriously believe that LeBron's not a top-ten player ever. So, well, <laughs> again,
1: these those are people that I just have no no desire to have a discussion with because you're just an idiot. Yeah, if
0: you're precisely. That. Precisely. So, yeah, those are our, our MJ arguments. So we've got two LeBron arguments. I'll let, I'll let Colt take the lead on these because he's –
1: yeah. So this is one of the, the big arguments that I've heard lately. and
0: Colt's passionate about this one.
1: I, I am. So <laughs> there's, there's two LeBron arguments. I'm going to go ahead and forecast where we're going. Basically, when you're, when you're arguing the LeBron versus MJ debate, the, the argument has come down to two things. If you are pro-LeBron, the argument is longevity, right? Because Jordan, 6 of 6, winner, competitor, Da, 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 right, like the, the argument against that is LeBron is going to play so long at such a high level that even if his peak wasn't as high, because of his longevity, you have to take him over Jordan. That's the best pro LeBron argument. The best pro MJ argument is that well, MJ was a better winner, it was a better competitor, his peak was higher, and so you take that over the longevity of LeBron. Now, I want to preface this by saying uh, LeBron's still playing. right? He's not retired. This conversation is not over. He still has years to write what he's going to end up being as a player, whereas Jordan has. And so the reason that this argument upsets me is that people say, with the LeBron longevity argument, well, it's just due to the modern era. Right. Well, he has better medicine, he has better technology. Like, If Jordan had had that, he also would have played as long as LeBron has played. Or maybe they don't say that,
0: but they do. LeBron, the, the, the idea is that Michael Jordan would have played longer than what he did.
1: And they seek to discredit the longevity of LeBron by saying, well, it's only because of you know, the, the modern era in medicine and everything like that. Now, does that play a factor? Absolutely. Right. The reason that LeBron has been as successful as he has is because of some of the advancements in the things he does. But we're going to do a little exercise here. We're going to go through some of the names of the 2003, 2004, and 2005 draft class. And we're going to look at, hey, which of these players is still kind of in their post-prime? Because that's where LeBron's at. He's the best player in the league. He was the best player in the playoffs. He led his team to a championship. Which of these players from the next three draft classes is still in a position where they could do that,
0: Darko Milicic. It.
1: No, Carmelo Anthony, Wash, Chris Bosh retired. Dwayne Wade retired. Uh, we're going to keep kind of go through the first round. Nick Collison, absolutely not. Uh, David West retired. Doris, Boris Diaw retired. Uh, do Leonard Barbosa, Kendrick Perkins, who's now so they, washed that he's on TV?
0: What they, hey, you remember the finals when the Spurs put Boris Diaw on LeBron, and LeBron really struggled to score. Okay, 2004, Dwight Howard, washed,
1: couldn't even play in the final. Sean Livingston, uh, retired. Luau Dang, retired. Andre Iguodala, still got a little bit left, but definitely in the later part of his career. Pretty much washed. Chris Humphries, the only reason you know his name is because he was engaged to a Kardashian. J.R. Smith, retired. (laughs) Tony Allen, retired. All right, we're going to go 2005. Andrew Bogut, no one cares about him. Darren Williams, retired. Chris Paul, the only one he's that's still, still kind of like, hey, he's pretty good. I wouldn't say he's still... But he's not what he was. He's not what he was in the same way that LeBron is still pretty close to what he was. Yeah. Andrew Bynum, no. Uh, so this Danny Granger, no. Drill Green, no. Date Robinson, no. None of these guys that were drafted the year, the year after, two years after LeBron, are anywhere close other than Chris Paul... To the level that they were at at one point in their career, and most of them aren't playing anymore. Agreed. And so yeah. to say that, well, the modern era helped LeBron, well, why didn't it help anyone else? Yeah. Because every single person that LeBron came in the league with is washed. They're done. They're not the same guys they were. Where well, LeBron's still pretty close to the same guy he was. And so to say, oh, well, it's only because of the modern era, that's the only reason. Well, if that were true, every other player should be great. Right? This is the same thing that happens with, with Brady, where people say, oh, well, it's all the advancements and all that kind of stuff. Okay, well, then why are other people falling off in a way that he's not? Right. Yeah, Do I think they understood how to use that better? Do I think they made uh, took advantage of that in a better way than other players? Probably. That's probably true. But they had to choose to do that. They had to choose to care enough about winning to do that. They had to put that investment in their bodies because they wanted to win, and... LeBron's never been hurt, right? He got hurt last year for a groin injury, probably set out longer than he needed to because he knew that team wasn't going to go to the playoffs, so he said, yep. hey, I just might as well rest. And so to sit here and be like, oh, well, his longevity, it's only because of the modern No, 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 there's something special about him and the way he invests in the body in a way that other players don't. And so I think that's just a bad argument. If you're trying to the, – the longevity argument is a good argument. If you're trying to counter that by just saying, well, it's
0: only because of the modern area, that's a bad argument. So I'm, I'm going to give you some pushback. I do agree with you, though. So what about the people who point out the fact that Michael Jordan won his last championship in 98 when he was 34? And and here's the thing. And then you're going to be like, well, 17 years. Well, he only played those extra years because he came straight out of high school, whereas Michael Jordan had three years of college. Four, four, three years. Three years. Three years of college. So he's coming out at 22, which gives him – which that gives LeBron an extra three years on him to – put up numbers and things like that and be first team all NBA and things of that nature. So here's what people miss when they say that one college minutes are not the same
1: as NBA minutes. And so you can't just add the three years of college minutes like, Oh, well let's pretend he played three more NBA years. No, that's not how that works. It's not even close. When you look at the travel and level of play Two, Jordan missed his entire second year with a broken foot. So that's a whole year of minutes that he did not play. And he left for two years to go play baseball. Right, so he has all of these breaks in in his uh, career, where not only is he just not playing the minutes, does he not have the minutes load that LeBron has, but he also was able to use those times to recover. I mean, look at if you look at LeBron this year versus where he was last year, we would say that injury break that he had was probably really big for him.
0: So was the three month layover between sure. the bubble, yeah, right. because totally when you get
1: to that when you when you're that. When you're 35, when you're 35, when you have the minutes that he has, that adds a lot, right? And so having those bre- those breaks means a lot. And so if you're just looking at the age, you don't care about right. having an Anything actual argument. Yeah. You don't care about actually trying to be smart. You're just trying to be provocative. So if we look at the all times minutes leaders, and this is where the big thing is, is LeBron is currently at 48,551 minutes played, um, and so that's just in the regular season. Right? That includes
0: his three seasons worth of playoff
1: games. Over three seasons of playoff games, and we know those playoff games are more intense than regular games, and so he's playing
0: more minutes in those he's games. He's playing more
1: minutes in those games, so he's at forty eight thousand just in the regular season. Michael Jordan, when he retired, so this is f- when he came back. Add in the wizard seasons, all that kind of stuff, was at forty one, and so LeBron's already played seven thousand more regular season minutes plus the extra playoff minutes that he has over Jordan, and so to say, well, they're both thirty five, and so they're both same age. That that's. That's not, not how it works. The same. Yeah. That is not how it works and it's not the same. And so don't don't make that argument either.
0: Okay. And then your your other your other LBJ argument. So you like, you
1: like this one too. I do. And this is one that I'm going to be honest, I don't know if I completely agree with. Okay. So the argument for for Jordan is that Jordan was a better winner. He's a better competitor. When we watched the last dance, that's what we walked away with feeling, right? Was that Jordan would not lose. He was insane and maniacal in the way that he went about the game. And if you're trying to argue that Jordan was better than LeBron, you're going to say, well, LeBron doesn't have that, right? Whatever that is, LeBron doesn't have it in the same way. I do think that's true, that LeBron maybe probably doesn't have that in the same way. The argument that upsets me is my six for six, never lost, right? LeVar Ball, never lost, (laughs) In the finals. And so if you are, the reason I think that's a bad argument is because if you look at LeBron and his finals record, right, four and six, and people point to that like, oh, he's a loser. He did this. My question is how many finals should he have, right? And if you go through it, he probably should have three or four, right? If you look at who, when he was favored, he's only been favored three times in the finals. Then he has four. That means there was one time... He won when he wasn't supposed to. He won when he wasn't supposed to. He Actually, is two times he won when he was supposed to because he did lose one when he was supposed to win. And and that's the biggest Jordan argument, is you say, well, 2011 finals, Jordan would never let that happen. And I can't really disagree with that, right? Like, probably not, right? He's probably not scoring eight, eight points in a finals game in the way LeBron did. But I think to say, well, LeBron did that, and so that means he's not a winner.
0: That means he's yeah. not a clutch performer, is to... F- just totally erase Everything the next else. Nine years that's, of what came. That's one of my. That's one of the big things for me. I hate, hate, when a guy has a good game and then people are like, "Oh, this guy's good." And then you know, because every every professional player has their one or two games where they go get thirty and have like eight assists, maybe not eight assists, but like they have these high games. and Be like, "Oh, I told you such and such was really good." It's like, no, they had one good game. Like LeBron had one bad series. It happens. Let's let's go look at the other nine
1: right and in the argument say well it never happened for Jordan and that's true right it didn't in the finals he never had that bad series he never like there wasn't games or series where he didn't show up and so I'm not trying to take that away that was bad from LeBron yeah but I think to then say well that was who he was for his whole career is dumb like that's not who yeah. he was he had a bad series and he was like I'm never letting that happen again and he hasn't yeah right? and he has absolutely showed out in every single final since then every playoff since then um, and he's won – I mean, the, the – looked at it, right? He won one that he shouldn't have in 2016, and he lost one that he shouldn't have in 2011. Agreed. And so he's probably a wash. Now, the the odds say that they were actually – the the Thunder were favored in that Miami
0: series. But they weren't.
1: Like, t- technically sure – Here's the thing. Neither one of us really have a good enough basketball memory from 2011 to really remember what things I were I vividly insane. remember
0: – Vividly remember the Mavericks series just because um, I was a Mavericks fan growing right. up. But you're right, the Thunder series, I just remember them getting beaten five.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, I think we look back on that and say, oh, they got beaten five. And, you know, Durant and Harden and Westbrook were all young, you know, which is true. But I think we really diminish that Thunder team. Yeah. Because of what the final result ended up being. Agreed. Um, and so I just think to say that, oh, Jordan was a better winner. I do think that's true. I do believe that to be true. But to act like LeBron is just a loser and can't win anything is to ignore the—, the Everything else. The, yeah, the 10 yeah. finals appearances and everything that he's done.
0: Totally agree. So we got like five minutes, and <laughs> plot twist. You ready? Mm-hmm. Any and all Michael Jordan-LeBron James debates are stupid, and here's why. Oh, man. Well, we just spent like 30, 20 minutes yeah. talking about how this, but go ahead. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to change anybody's mind. Very, very few people are going to be like, you know what? You're right. (laughs) It just doesn't happen. No, yeah.
1: I mean, especially, and and I would say, too, I think my mind is open to being changed. I think there are some people whose mind is open to be changed. There there are a few. And few and far between. My mind's not open to be changed right now. I I just want to wait and see what else LeBron does. I mean, if he wins another one. If he goes to 11 finals and wins five, maybe he goes to another Western Conference finals and plays at a high level. Like, that longevity and the amount of years that he's done it is going to be hard to argue with. But, yeah, right now I think you're right because you're not changing anybody's mind. No one's changing their mind. They have their mind
0: set up, and they're just going to stick to it no matter what. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, we're splitting hairs at the end of the day. Like, we're out here talking about bad finals appearances and things like that, and – you know, at the end of the day, you know, you. I think you hit the nail on the head earlier talking about, you know, if you arguing for for LeBron, you appreciate greatness over time, whereas if you are if you're arguing for Jordan, you 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 argue peak, you right. know. And, and it's just it. it's just which one do you prefer? Right. I'm I'm a peak guy personally. So I mean, but at the same time, like sixteen first first sixteen all NBA selections, like that's that's really he will impressive. Have more. Yeah, he might.
1: I don't see a world where he's not All NBA next year.
0: Unless he gets hurt.
1: Maybe. But other than that, like, he's going to have more All-NBA. I mean... He's probably going to have one or two more top three NBA, M- MVP finishes.
0: I'm trying to think. So, theoretically... See, that's right. they they do it by forwards. So, yeah. He'll he'll get... I was trying to think, like... Like, you but can he think... Can, but he yeah. can, you can vote for him as a guard. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing. Like, the way he <laughs> plays, especially now... I mean, he led the league in assists this
1: year. He did. Right. Like, and I think as he gets older, in that athleticism, like, we're already seeing it decline. But... As Are you sure? Decline, his his head's still at the rim. Um, yeah, his first <laughs> step's a little slower. He's not as close, whatever. but Yeah, I'm just kidding. I do think that as he as his athleticism starts to decline, when he's 38, he can put up 15 in 10 assists. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I could see his shooting improve as he gets older where he has to kind of work on that and rely on that more. You know, that at 38 years old, that's incredible. Yeah. Like, and it's going to be weird to see LeBron and him not be the best player on the floor anymore. It is. But that should have happened, like should have,
0: in quotes, happened four years ago. You know, and he's still here. You know, you know what would be really crazy? Is if he was like the second best player on a bad team and the best player on the team was his son. Yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're out on Bronny? I
1: mean,
0: I'm not out on Bronny, but like, <laughs> let's chill out. <laughs> hey, dude, if they played together, that would just be insane. I just, yeah, like baseball is one thing because you can play baseball for a long time, just because it's just the wear and tear just isn't the same. But basketball, and the fact that he might be still at a decently high level when they do that, it'll be his twenty second year in the league. Yeah, which is just absurd. I I couldn't. So that's all you got. That's all I got. I think that's all we got. Don't don't be stupid when you're arguing LeBron versus MJ. That's how we'll close. So when we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit of college football. So Colt didn't really like my, my Sam Ellinger stuff, which is okay. He's a he's he's from Texas. He he, he loves the big twelve. And so we're he, he, we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. We're gonna look we're gonna look towards this upcoming weekend. The only game that people really care about is what we're gonna talk about. So that's coming up next year on overtime takes here on KSWH LP one oh two points one oh two point five FM The Pulse here in Philadelphia. And we're back with more overtime takes here on KSWH LP 102.5 FM, The Pulse here in Arkadelphia. I'm your host, Jonathan Smith, with Colt. What's really, up? Really good first segment, I yeah, think. Yeah, we had fun. So, yeah, so college football. All right, let's 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 get into this. So, if you're listening, listening to the show on Monday, I talked about Sam Ellinger and how overrated he is. Okay? And um, I don't think he's as good as what people say, especially guys like Joel Klatt who just think he's – Sent from God, I guess. I don't, I don't understand it. So, Colt and I, we we have this very agreeable take that I am going to kind of use for this. So, whenever we watch the Lakers play, we always say the same thing: it's if Kyle Kuzma played for anybody else, we would never hear from Kyle Kuzma again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's kind of the way that I see Sam Ellinger, like because he's the quarterback at Texas. We're going to talk about him just because he's the quarterback at Texas, and they're they're pretty f- formidable in in the Big Twelve. But if he was the starting quarterback at iowa state or tcu i don't think we we wouldn't hear about him
1: here's here's my counter to that is that i see sam or morris brandon ingram where did we hear about him more because he was in la absolutely but when he got traded and he went to new orleans we still heard about him from time to time because he's that good where it's like yeah we got to talk about this guy and are we gonna talk about him as much because he's not in a big market? No, right? He's not gonna be on the forefront. And I don't if I think if Sam Ellinger was at most other schools, he would not be at the forefront because he wouldn't be playing for Texas. But we would still talk about him. And honestly, people would probably rate him better if he did play somewhere else because he wouldn't have the expectations of being at Texas that he has now. Where if he's you know, we look at guys like like Brock Purdy at Iowa State. I look at guys like that. You don't watch the Big Twelve and <laughs> you watch him play, and you're like, man, he's he's, he's pretty, pretty good. good. He is right? good. I've yeah, seen him play. he's good. He's like, good. He's he coming there. He can he can scrap. He can win some games. He beat Oklahoma. But if he was playing for a big-time program, and you have eyes on him every single week and the expectations of that every single week, you're going to start to find flaws, and you're going to pick, and you're going to find stuff. And so I think if Sam Anlier played at any other school where they had one or two big wins a year and then had four losses to teams that nobody cares about – we would talk about him like, hey, you know, I got Sam Ellinger. I kind of like him, right? Because all we see is those couple of prime time games, and when they lose, it's like, oh, well, it's you know, it's it's, it's, it's Iowa State, right? It's Colorado State. It's that's what, that's what's supposed to happen, yeah. And so I do, I do want to give you pushback on that, but but go ahead, continue.
0: So Colt the other night was like, list quarterbacks who are better than Sam Ellinger. I was not prepared. Yeah, I put you on the spot. I am totally. I'm I'm pretty prepared now. You're not, you're not going to agree agree with every name. So my biggest knock on Sam Ellinger. Because I think that the most important attribute for a quarterback is the ability to be accurate, right? Because like, if you're not accurate, guy, guys can be wide open, your coach can call the greatest play, but if you're not accurate, you can completely ruin a play, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go down my, my list here. Colts over typing on his computer. kind of worried. <laughs> so no question, Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback. Justin Fields. You're not, you hate when I say his name, but I don't know why. Trey Lance from, from North Dakota State. He's the number three quarterback on the draft board. He's sure. going to be the third guy off the board. De'Eric King from Miami. And you're going to look at his overall numbers and be like, Jonathan, what are you talking about? Let's keep in mind, he, he played Clemson this last week. And Clemson probably has the top five defense in the country. And he really, he really struggled because he played Clemson. And his numbers still look really similar to Sam Ellinger's, who's played the great defense of TCU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and UTEP. Next guy, Mac Jones. I think you would agree. Would you agree on that one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 80% completion percentage, which is just absurd. 13.3 yards per attempt to Sam Ellinger's 8.5. Oh, by the way, Sam Ellinger's completion percentage is what, 61%? And then if you take out the UTEP game, it's 57%. In the UTEP game, he completed 75% of his passes. Next guy, you probably haven't heard of this guy. His name is Sam Howell, starting quarterback in North Carolina. True freshman year, he set a record for passing touchdowns with 38. Um, this year, he's got a, he's just under 70 percent for his completion percentage with nine and a half yards per attempt. That's that's quickly becoming one of my favorite stats because I like guys who, who push the ball down the field. This next guy, Matt Coral, starting quarterback at Ole Miss. Have you seen him play? No, he I've is seen highlights, but I haven't seen a game. So good. Okay, now part of it, if you want to say, well, he is in Lane Kiffin's offense. Fair. Sam Olinger is in Herman's offense, who's, I wouldn't say he's as good of an offensive mind as Lane Kiffin, but still a really good offensive coach. So <laughs> Matt Quirrell's completing 76% of his passes with a 12.3 yards per attempt. So he's really pushing it downfield, hitting guys open, pl- playing in the, <laughs> in the SEC, putting up 48 on Alabama. Um, this next guy, I'm fully expecting some pushback here. Max Duggan, starting quarterback at TCU. You know. Did you watch the the TCU Texas game? Yes, I would say he outplayed Sam Ellinger in that game. Yeah, that was one of Sam Ellinger's worst games he's ever played. Sure, like on the at Sam Ellinger's worst, he was able to beat him. Congratulations! So he's got a higher co- completion percentage this year, and, and he can run the ball. He he can move. You know, Sam Ellinger obviously the better runner, but I think when we look at quarterbacks, the first thing we should look at is their ability to throw the football because that's what they're there to do. And I think I think Max Duggan throws the ball better than Sam Ellinger. Simple as that. Okay. <laughs> and then I, I got one more guy for you. Zach Wilson, starting quarterback at BYU. Looked really good this year. 81% completion percentage, 12.3 yards per attempt, eight touchdowns to one pick. I mean, that's just the way it is. And go ahead and I, I, I feel like I, I know what you're going to say. Go no, ahead. I'm going to really frustrate you and okay. ignore that's fine of that. That's so, and ignore all of that.
1: What is the comparison that Sam Ellinger gets that you hate the most?
0: Tim Tebow can't Tim Tebow. stand it. And why? Because Tim Tebow is partially, maybe, he's, I think he's one of the five greatest college football players ever. So first of all, it is unfair that we compare True. Sam Ellinger. But at the same time, body build, the way they play, right. very fair.
1: Yeah. Continue. And, and I'm not going to disagree with that, right? Like Ellinger is nowhere close to the level of Tebow yeah. as a college player. I don't think anyone would argue that. Yeah, Play styles are similar. When we were talking about this, what did you say was a big differential between Tim Tebow and Sam Ellinger? I believe you said it and you talked about t- talent around the guys. Talent around the guys, but why do you think t- Tebow was a lot better than Ellinger? You said something the other day.
0: Completion percentage. He was, he was more percentage. accurate. Right, he was more accurate. I think his worst year he was at 67% completion percentage. His best year he was at 69 So Tim Tebow's junior year. last, And, and
1: I'm using junior year because that was Ellinger's last full season that we've seen.
0: Yeah, and... Tim Tebow's junior year was also his worst year. That's the year that they went 9-4, right? Tim Tebow, junior year, 64%
1: completion percentage. Sam Ellinger, junior year, 65% completion percentage. Okay. okay. So to argue that, now that was Ellinger's best year, and that was Tebow's worst year. Okay? So that's true. But Ellinger's at 64%, 65%, 61%. Tebow is at 64%, 66%. There is not this massive gap. Between who Tim Tebow was as a passer and who Sam Ellinger was as a passer. And you built your entire argument last night around this idea of completion percentage. And those Tim Tebow their- Florida teams were
0: absolutely loaded okay. with talent. I knew you were going to say that.
1: In a way that Texas isn't.
0: Okay. So let's, let, let's take a look at Texas recruiting class rankings over the past four years 2017, the year that Sa- Sam Ellinger came in. So 2017, it wasn't great. Number 25 in the country. 2018, number three. 2019, number three. And then 2020, the guys who are refreshing this year who aren't really playing, number eight. Who's the number one receiver on Texas? I don't watch Texas enough to tell you. Yeah, you couldn't say. And here's the thing. Who's the best
1: receiver that Texas has put in the NFL in the last five years? I don't watch Texas, so I couldn't tell you. Devin take. Duvernay, maybe, six-round pick to the Ravens, whose best play has been a kickoff return, <laughs> right? And, and so, yeah, you can talk about the recruiting classes all you want, and did they get great high school players? Sure. Does that always translate? No, and I think that Fair. has a lot to do with their inability to kind of develop players, which is a
0: problem that people have. But
1: but here's the thing. The coaching side at Texas.
0: Could that not – I mean, look, at the end of the day, playing wide receiver is a dependent position. So if your quarterback doesn't hit you in stride, if they don't throw the ball accurately, you're not going to put up the same numbers.
1: Yes, but when when draft scouts are way better than just looking at stats, when they're looking at drafting players and evaluating players, they're able to separate who has a great quarterback and who doesn't, and are they still good, do they run their routes well, all that kind of stuff. That's why we see guys from D2 schools get drafted, is because it's yeah. not about who your quarterback is in that evaluation. So are their stats going to be the same if their quarterback isn't as great? No. I would counter. If you don't have any good receivers, it's really hard to get the ball to them because they're not open. Unless and you play so,
0: unless you play in the Big 12 where defense is an option. Defenses aren't as good. I'm and, not going to counter that. And look, here's the, here's the thing I will say about Samuel Leaguer that I really like. When he gets in the red zone, they score touchdowns. Yes. That, that is the one thing that I love about about him. He, he's thrown 14 touchdown passes this year. So obviously his receivers have the ability to get open.
1: You know what I just realized as we're having this argument? What's up? You're you are a Lamar is a running back guy. That's, I'm not. that's who Lamar's you are. are and the reason guy. I say this <laughs> is because you, you're looking at the full package of who Ellinger is, and you say, hey, we're just going to ignore all the awesome and look, running he, stuff. He a is minute, a good runner. And we're just going to look at his okay. worst trait, okay. and we're going to evaluate him on that. Okay. And you're ignoring the running. You're so, ignoring the leadership. You're ignoring what he brings to the team in the locker room. You're ignoring how people rally around him and what he does for the
0: for for the university. Okay, so do, you're do ignoring we look all
1: at- of that to say, well, he doesn't do this one thing well, and so I'm going
0: to just Okay, him. so do, do we want to look at uh, Sam Ellinger's rushing stats against Tim Tebow's?
1: I'm not. Look, we we've been over this. I'm not telling you <laughs> Ellinger is Tim Tebow, right? Like that's not the argument. And that's he's not on that level. I'm just saying, you were you were claiming that he's this terrible passer and
0: that he's a terrible completion percentage. He's, he's not. He's, a, and that's he's, just not true. He's not accurate. Like his, like you play in the Big Twelve with a with an offensive head coach, who's who's recruited well, and your completion percentage is like sixty one percent. Okay, oh, here's f- he, four games in to be fair. Sure, but his best. You said his best year he he was only sixty four percent.
1: So here's here's how I know that I'm right okay. and that Sam Ellinger is actually good. Who is your least favorite NFL team? My least favorite? Probably the Patriots. I can't stand the Patriots. Who's your second least favorite NFL team? I don't know, man. Um, I'm leading you into this, and you see it, and you just don't know. The, it's the Dallas Cowboys. You okay. hate yeah, like right. the Dallas like Cowboys. The Cowboys. You you're hate right. the Cowboys. They're your least favorite <laughs> NFL team over the Patriots. Okay. Don't even lie. It's the Cowboys. I can't stand the Patriots. Who's right. one of your least favorite college football teams? The university of texas you okay, really don't fair. like them for whatever reason that i don't understand it's fine so which quarterback have you railed against in the nfl all okay. year <laughs> Dak prescott which quarterback in the in, in college football have you rallied against all year? Sam Ellinger. This has nothing no. to do with who those guys are as players. You hate Texas hold and you hate no, Dallas. And so no. you're just gonna argue that they're bad because that's just this weird agenda oh, that no. you have that you can't see through. The that's thing, what's happening. Hey,
0: I like Dak. Okay. I just don't think he's a superstar. I, I've I've said that Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback. See, you're doing the same thing here. Like, look, I'm not saying
1: Sam Ellinger is bad. I'm just saying that there's like a lot of other guys that take him over. I'm just, saying, I'm and just you're doing saying, the same thing with Dak this this is fine it's fine i just want you to admit that you're not seeing things clearly because you hate their team so much
0: i'm i'm just saying that oh you're funny man i'm so glad i had you on today okay hold up i i i got nothing to say you got
1: nothing to say because you don't want to admit it but you know i'm right it's fine you know i'm right
0: like there are several quarterbacks across the, across college football that you would take before you took Sam Ellinger. Okay, yeah. I would probably take eight eight of those guys above Sam Ellinger. Like that, that's my point. And guys cool. talk so about – he's in the
1: top 5% of quarterbacks in college football. I hope Whoop so. He plays he's not this, He's not an amazing – he's not one of the top three guys. And, like, it's like, fine, and but and to say that he's is, not
0: good is just you're, you're lying to yourself. And the other thing for me is when you start – so for me, I, I look at stuff because my view of college sports is a little bit different. Like, you want to win, obviously, that's the thing. But at the end of the day, like, if you're playing college football, your goal is, is to get to the NFL. Like, that is. Sure. And so that's really kind of the lens that I look through it. And guys like Joel Klatt, I hate his Sam Ellinger stuff, who think that he's going to stick around and be playing playing the NFL for 10, 12 years are wrong. Like, he's he's going to get drafted in the fifth or sixth round, be around for three years at most, and then he'll he'll be done. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I don't think he's gonna be great, in the same way
1: that Tebow wasn't, right? And Tebow was the best best version of Ellinger, and he couldn't make it in the NFL, and so I don't think Ellinger is either. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with you on that, but I'm just saying what he brings to a college team. I think you're underrating some of the stuff that goes under the radar a little bit. I think when you look at him as a leader and what he's that is, I I will admit
0: I am terrible at looking at stuff like that. I just kind of look at what's on the field. Same thing with basketball. That's one of the things that I don't acknowledge enough of with guys like LeBron James and guys like that. So I, I told, I, that's totally fair, yeah.
1: I, I think that he, he means more to that university than probably anyone since Colt McCoy, right? I don't think that's arguable. And I would agree with that, that yeah. Young, I think that he has given that team an identity. I think he's given the University of Texas football program an identity. And I think that you know when you think of that, you think, hey, that, that's a guy, right? And he may not be the best guy, but he's a guy, and we like yeah. our guy. Fair. And I think that means a lot to a college football program in a way that a lot of teams don't have. They don't have their guy at the quarterback position, and Texas knows they do.
0: Oh, uh, I forgot one name. F- Felipe Franks. Oh, no. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, Cole doesn't like Felipe Franks. It's okay. He's just a hog hater. I didn't like <laughs> him in <at> Florida. <laughs> All right, anyway. Uh, um, so uh, enough of Sam Ellinger. Um, That was fun. That's some of the most fun I've had in a while um we're gonna look at two games you know the first one's the big one really the only game that i think people across the country really care about uh number two alabama playing at number three georgia D- do you know the line for this i don't do you, you want to take a guess this is according to, to fox bet
1: um it's at georgia mm-hmm. i'm
0: still probably gonna take alabama alabama by one and a half Alabama by six. Wow. I know. I was, I know. Then again, it's early. It'll probably come down a little bit, I would assume. But I was like, what? See, Alabama's a six-point favorite. I like Alabama to win. I don't think they'll win by six. But it's going to be a good game. At the end of the day, how how much of Georgia and Alabama have you seen?
1: Um, Not a ton.
0: Okay. So. So,
1: What what I would say about this, and, and the reason I think I would pick Alabama, and it's the reason that. I was kind of riding with the Patriots this year, was with everything that's happened this offseason, when you look at the amount of turnover that you have in a college football team, you need as much continuity as you can. And I know Georgia's been there. You know, that Kirby Smart's been there for a little while. But when you look at, okay, well, who can reload and get things set year after year after year? Nick Saban. No one's better than Saban. And so I figured that Alabama would come out well, and and I think we've seen the same thing with Clemson, where some of these other teams – much every other team has struggled in some way, even Georgia, right? We've seen them not play well in the first halves of Against back-to-back Arkansas games now. yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's Alabama. I think as the year goes on, some of these other teams will start to figure things out and yeah. will be strong at the end of seasons. I think if Alabama and Georgia play the last game of the season, this would probably be a closer line, and I might take Georgia. But this early,
0: like it's got to be Bama. So I've seen almost every minute, that Georgia has played this year. And I really like Georgia. Georgia's a really good football team. But Kirby Smart just doesn't get it. Like, he just can't wrap his mind around the fact that in order to win and to win a national championship, you have to run a spread offense and you have to have a dynamic quarterback. And, like, Stetson Bennett's great. He's out here doing it for guys like me who are who are shorter than six foot. You know, he's accurate. He's very poised. You can tell he's an upperclassman. You can tell he's played a lot of college football. But... He's not dynamic. He doesn't throw the ball 60 yards downfield. You know, he's going to hit guys on third down when it's third and four, 10 yards down the field. And they just don't they don't push it down the field enough, especially to beat a defense like Alabama's, where you have to hit them over the top and hit those money balls, you know. And I like Stetson Bennett. He's tough, and he plays hard. But I like Mac Jones more. I like Alabama's offense as a whole more just because they spread it out and they, they throw the football better. And – Whereas Georgia, I think, can be a little too run dependent. Now, I will say, I do think Georgia's defense is better than Alabama's this year, so we'll see. But I think it's gonna be a really good game. I don't think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a field goal game either way. But I, I like Alabama. So the only thing is, I'd say like
1: Georgia. Yeah, they don't have that kind of quarterback. I don't think that's necessarily Kirby f- Smart not getting it because who is the most dynamic quarterback in college football? Probably it's Justin Fields. Yeah, where was Mo- Justin Fields most dynamic?
0: Kirby? Yeah. Georgia.
1: Georgia, right? Like, I think he saw that. I think he saw that he needed it. He just wasn't able to keep his guy.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, they they, tra- they played that redshirt freshman against Arkansas, and he was, you could tell, you know, he was like 6'5", five, can run, and he just would not he's, he's, just, he's just not ready yet. He's freshman. Just yeah, not ready. Like, he's, so, he's young.
1: I think they'll get there, but yeah, they they don't have that guy right now, and I do think that's going to be a problem for him.
0: So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw JT Daniels at some point, honestly, especially if, you know, they come out, they get, you know, they go down 14-0. Wouldn't be surprised if we saw him. Cause he was good at USC. Yeah. You know, and then J- Jamie Newman, is that his name from Wake Forest? You know, he was a guy who opted out. I, I like your theory on that. That's You can go ahead and tell him because it's, it's a good one.
1: Yeah. So basically, when I see a guy transfer in to a program like Georgia, and Georgia the whole time never wavered that they were going to play in the fall, and we see a guy like Jamie Newman opt out because he wants to prepare for the NFL draft, what that tells me is that he wasn't going to be a starter. And it's better for him to opt out and get ready for the draft than it is for scouts to be like, "Wow, he couldn't even beat, be the best quarterback on his team." You know, yeah. and so I think that says that he wasn't going to be the guy, and that you know either J.T. Daniels, or this other guy, was going to be the guy. And he knew that, so he wanted to leave.
0: Yep, couldn't agree more. So last game, we're going to talk about we are going to talk about the Arkansas Ole Miss game just because we are in Arkansas. That's just what kind of what you do on the radio. What do you think the line is here? I, I, I like this, this this guess the line thing. Shout um, out to to Bill Simmons.
1: Ole Miss by seven and a half.
0: The disrespect. Ole Miss by two and a half. Oh, uh, I was disrespecting Ole Miss. I'm sorry. Ole Miss by two and a half. I'm I'm excited. Honestly, I think excluding, I think this is Arkansas's toughest game excluding. Georgia just because of the offense that Lane Kiffin does have and they did just put 48 up on Nick Saban in Alabama yep. even though apparently Lane Kiffin had their defensive signs yeah, according to knows. Nick Saban he 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 took pictures but before he left of everything on the wall oh, that's that's, sure. that's what he did yeah and they just haven't changed him
1: in however many years yeah that's right Kiffin that's him. right you deserve <laughs> to have your sign stolen if that's what happened
0: and so i'm excited to see Barry Odom you know he's definitely i think the front runner for the Royals Award, top top assistant coach in the country. I think Sam Pittman is up for SEC Coach of the Year, just because. Let's be honest, they're a blown, they're a missed call away from beating Auburn and, and being ranked in the top twenty-five.
1: Sure, he has to actually win some games, though. Right? Agreed. Like, Agreed. Having a lot of close losses is not going to be enough. To oh yeah.
0: There. Then again, like we're only we're only three games in. I think you know they'll they'll be fine. If they go five and five, I, I think he'll win it. Just because of how bad Arkansas was last year, so yeah, um, I'm gonna pick Arkansas just because heart heart over brain.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm picking Ole Miss.
0: <laughs> you just I think don't, they're gonna I don't hang?
1: Think I need to elaborate much more. Yeah, Ole Miss is gonna put fifty
0: on Arkansas. Hey, man, we'll see. Yeah, we will. Hey, but what if Arkansas scores fifty six? The offense looked good last week against Auburn for the first time ever. Took a big step, and then you know they're playing. Maybe the worst defense in the SEC in all Miss. Not a, not a great defense. So we'll see. I'm excited for it. But all right, that's going to do it for this segment. When we come back, we're going to talk NFL, Justin Herbert, my guy. <laughs> and um, Le'Veon Bell was released. We're going to do our, our top ten NFL teams, things of that nature. So so don't go anywhere. This is Overtime Takes on KSWH LP, 102.5 FM, The Pulse, here in Arkadelphia. What's up, everybody? We're back with more Overtime Takes here on KSWH-LP, one on 2.5 from The Pulse here in Arkadelphia.
1: All right. So as we move into our our NFL segment, I'm just going to get out of your way, and I'm going to give you a couple minutes to gloat and to say you called your shot. Because here's the thing. Last year, John loved Justin Herbert in college. And over and over and over again, he told me how Justin Herbert was going to be this great player, and he's going to be a good NFL player, and he had this big arm, and I really didn't believe it. Like I thought he might be there. I thought he was kind of Josh Allen e to me, where it's like he had the tools to to get there, but it's probably going to take him a while. I, I'm just going to end there. So go ahead, John. Tell us tell us what we need to know. About so what, what
0: Cole's trying to say is that I should quit radio and go be an NFL scout and scout quarterbacks for a living. Not <laughs> even close to what I'm saying. So yeah. So I was on Justin Herbert early last year. So there's just so last year I had the opportunity to go watch Oregon play Auburn in, in week one, and it was like the first time I'd really seen Justin Herbert play, and you walk out and you know how like when you go to a high school game, there's the guy who's really good and you just know it like he's taller than everybody else, he's just bigger, and he's kind of got this swagger that you just know like like that that's their guy. and Justin Herbert walks out on the field at six six and it's towering over everybody, and you could just tell like, this dude's really good, right? So you know you, you, they they outplay the they outplay Auburn in the first three and a half quarters and I'm like this Justin Herbert guy like I'm I'm in on this dude and you know the arm the arm strength is there he's got the size he's really athletic right I remember th- when they played when they played in the Rose Bowl last year he he rushed for th- for three touchdowns and I text Cole after everyone like. Touchdown, Justin Herbert. He was like, "It's a rushing touchdown. Nobody cares." But then, you know, we we talk about Sam Ellinger. That's all he wants to talk about. But, but anyway, anyway, yeah, I'm
1: just purposely trying to annoy you, and, and <laughs> I
0: did well. And um, yeah, he's he he's he's willing to throw it. You know, that's one of the things that you know, listening to <clears throat> some different podcasts and stuff where they where they bring scouts on is like they they look for guys who are not afraid to, to let the ball go. You know, guys who throw with. Anticipation and things like that, and that's one of the things that we've really seen these these first few weeks. And look, like he just went toe to toe with Drew Brees. You know, um, he went toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes. So like he's, you know, they get some better pieces around him. You know, I think you know they improve the defense. You know, they the Chargers definitely have their franchise quarterback. I love him; he's awesome. I'm trying not to be jealous because two hadn't played yet for Miami. At the same time, because like two ends up being bad and and you know Justin Herbert's out there doing that it's always going to be a, a what-if thing so yeah I, I love Justin Herbert he's awesome yeah he's
1: played amazing when you watch him in college I don't think we kind of realized until later that he just didn't have a lot of talent around him which is weird to say at Oregon We're it used is to them being loaded at, at kind of skill positions but they didn't have that and so yeah him getting to the NFL man he showed out and, and he's been awesome and it's been fun to watch and he's another one of these young guys that man it's just fun to to watch him play cuz he he's dynamic he can absolutely you know he's a cannon for an arm he'll move he'll run like he's a lot of fun and it's going to be a lot of fun to see him and, and Mahomes kind of duel
0: for the next you know 7 8 years in that division yeah it kind of sucks for him man cuz if he was in like i don't know Anywhere any other, other division, division Chargers, where he yeah. didn't have to play Mahomes twice a year so yeah I man he's he's really good i love watching him play i'm I'm looking forward to kind of the future with him cuz he's Obviously, you know, he won't be the best quarterback in the league as long as Patrick Mahomes is around. But he definitely has. I like him more than Joe Burrow. That being said, Joe Burrow's offensive line is bad. I, what is, I would think you would agree that the talent in, in almost at San Diego, talent in Los Angeles around Herbert is definitely better. Whereas you know I, I like Joe Burrow. He's tough, but I just think in terms of talent, arm strength, things like that, I think you probably would take Herbert. Right.
1: So, so basically, you're saying that he's really good. He's not going to be that top level guy. That Mahomes is going to be, but he's going to be around and he's going to be fun to watch on Sundays. He's going to be there.
0: Talking about Herbert or Burrow?
1: Herbert. Herbert is going to I be. I wonder. Like, I wonder who that sounds like. It's almost. Is he?
0: Is he Phil Rivers? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's going. to – I think like he's like top five quarterback in the league kind of guy at some point. Yeah, Rivers was at some points. Yeah, but not. It's not the same. I'm just kidding. You know, he's it's not going to say. But. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, he's got potential to be the best quarterback out of this draft class. I think he's he's that good. So he's awesome. I love watching him play. So it was nice watching him throw for four touchdowns on Monday night football and then throw an absolute dime to Mike Williams. And then their kicker put it off the upright. Missed it. But that's just like typical Chargers football. That's what that is. That's why he's Phil Rivers. <laughs> okay. The it goes to Phil
1: Rivers is still haunting <laughs> the Chargers. <laughs>
0: So uh, we're going to move on to Le'Veon Bell. He was released last night by the Jets. So I've got three possible landing spots. Do, do you have any? Mm, go for it. So number one, or not number one, these are just three teams, the Bears. You know, the Bears are probably the surprise of the NFL. I still think they're smoking mirrors. Wouldn't surprise me if they went out and picked him up. They They need a running back. That may help Nick Foles a little bit. So I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him there. I think he'd be a good fit there. I've read a lot of Steelers stuff, but there's no way that the Steelers are going to – no shot. No way. So let's just get, let's just get that out of the way. Uh, the next team, speaking – you know, we were just talking about Justin Herbert, the Chargers. Austin Eckler on the IR. If they need a running back. That may help Justin Herbert, especially a guy like Le'Veon Bell who can catch the ball out of the backfield and things like that. If they need a running back. They could definitely go sign him. But I don't know if I like this one or not because they don't pay running backs. That's why they let Melvin Gordon go. So I don't – not fully in on that one, but we'll we'll see. And this is probably the one that if I had to put money on it, I would probably pick. The Bills. Bills need a running back. They're two two backs combined are averaging under four yards of carry. They're not great. They're not bad. They're just kinda meh. You know, and you know, you're not paying Josh Allen anything right now. They can definitely afford to pay him. And with the way that, you know, that Bills staff is, like, they want to run the football. They want to establish a ground game, especially being a North where it's cold, and when it gets cold, it's kind of it gets tougher to throw the ball. Unless you're Josh Allen, you can throw the ball hundred, you can chuck it. But anyway, so I, I wouldn't mind seeing him end up in Buffalo. I think I think it'd help Josh Allen too in terms of open, opening up the pass game when you have to come into the box for a guy like Le'Veon Bell. So I, I would really like to see him end up in Buffalo. And they're a team that wants to win. They are, and like they're that, that wants to win now, and that's what kind of move you make for Le'Veon Bell.
1: So here's here's my response to all of that. Okay. I don't care. So <laughs> I just I haven't cared about Le'Veon Bell in like three years. And well, he, he's a problem. I, I don't even I don't even care. It's not even the the off the field stuff for me. It's he's not the same guy anymore. He's just not. And like yeah, the Jets are terrible and their organization is atrocious. But he he hasn't been a great player for them since he got there. There's a reason that they're cutting him and and, and taking some of that contract is because he's just not a special player anymore. And so. Yeah, if he goes to the Bills, great. That'll help him. But I don't care. We're not going to be watching his highlights. We're not going to be talking. The only reason we talk about him is because of what he was, not because of who he is. And so you're getting him for who he is now. And that's a pretty good running back. But I think there's a lot of
0: pretty good running backs in the league. So my thing is, him not being good good with the Jets completely supports my my running back theory. It's not who your running back is, it's who your offensive line is. Worst offensive line in the league. Cincinnati Bengals, second-worst offensive line in of the league, New York Jets. And yeah, but
1: Joe Mixon's pretty good. You're right. That's how, that's how I'd counter that. He's pretty good. I think it's probably
0: more of a scheme thing than it necessarily is a line thing. Yeah, that's fair. But it's just it's one of these things where, at the end of the day, if you get your average run-of-the-mill running back and, you, and your offensive line creates holes, if they're in the NFL, they can probably see the hole. You know, maybe they're not as good in space. Maybe they don't catch the ball as well out of the backfield and things like that. But at the end of the day, like, remember when Zeke Zeke held out? No, it won that year. Maybe he got hurt. And they they put in Pollard, and they didn't really miss a beat. Like, I just think that it's more about your big guys up front than it is who you have standing behind your quarterback.
1: Yeah, it's about scheme. It's about all that kind of stuff. And that's why you're we're moving towards this don't pay running backs type deal. Unless... You it's know, Alvin you,
0: Kamara or Aaron Jones or
1: like Derrick Henry, and you can pay him smartly, right? As long as you don't overpay for him. But yeah. yeah, so with Le'Veon Bell, yeah, I don't, I don't really care where he goes.
0: So we're gonna move into our our top ten teams. I'm excited for this. So there's one team I'm interested to see if you put on your top ten. I know I didn't put him there, so I'm interested to see if you put him on or not. So I'll, 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 I'll allow you to go first. You got it. So I'm just gonna react to yours. Okay. To
1: your top ten. That's fair. So and 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 often it, it's it's much more fun just to me to say you're wrong or you're right without having to make my own
0: list. <sighs> All uh, right. and so we're we're gonna do that. So, I have to ask you then: Do you think I put the the, the Raiders on my list? Because that that was the team I was kind of interested to see interested to see if you put on there or not. I would
1: not have. I didn't either. But I would be ready to put them on
0: there. They're like shortly. eleven or twelve. Yeah. So you're like. So they, you're like you're on the you're on the pool floating. Get, the floating. You're, you're, you're getting ready to turn I'm on over. The
1: I can turn over and get in if I need to, but I'm not there yet. No, like their 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 win loss record. I mean, they they have a losing record, but
0: they're they're three and two. They're three
1: and two. Oh, three and two. Oh, three yeah, two and three. So they and even those two losses are two good teams, right? Like none of their opponents Patriots. are over 500. And so every yeah. game they play is a team that's better than 500. They've played good teams, and those losses they had had been pretty close. Yeah. And so I do think they are way better than we were expecting them to be. I think John Gruden. Is a lot better than we were expecting him to be. Right, he was a meme a year ago, year and a half ago. But I don't think I would have him in the top ten yet. We'll have yeah, to see.
0: I, I agree. So number ten, you're not going to like this one. That's okay. Number ten, I have the 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 New England Patriots. I just don't. I'm waiting on Cam to, to be Cam, and may, maybe he won't be Cam.
1: Well, he has COVID. So
0: well, you you know what I mean. Like, I'm kind of waiting on because look, like he had the one great year when he won MVP and then went to the Super Bowl. But every year outside of that has been pretty average. Maybe you know towards the end of his time in Carolina, he was he was bad. I think you would even say. So I'm just kind of waiting on. He won't be that bad, obviously under Belichick and guys and Josh McDaniels. But I'm just ex- kind of waiting on his level of play to come down a little bit. And I think when that happens, we'll be like, yeah, they're a good team, but they're not a top five team in the NFL.
1: Cam, the reason he was bad at the end of Carolina was he just had injuries mounting upon injuries, and it seems like that's not as much of a factor anymore. Yeah. And so I do think he's going to be a lot better than that. I think the 2015 Cam was kind of an aberration. I don't think that's who he is. I, I don't be expecting that from him. This I'm not either. Not fair. Yeah. I do think he's very good, I yeah. think, especially with a play caller as talented as Josh McDaniels, his ability to run, which they've shown they're going to use, adds a adds a good dimension. But, I mean, the reason that I would think that you should have them higher is they played the Chiefs pretty well.
0: They did. With and Brian that's,
1: Hoyer and Stidham, and that's, they threw three picks that game. And it was still not a bad game. And so I think if Cam is in there, I think that defense is still really good. It is. I would have them higher. Um, but until we see a little – I can understand you wanting to see a little more from Cam before you buy in.
0: And the other thing is, you know, I just think that – they they don't have they don't have a guy on the outside, you know. Like they don't have an Odell Beckham. They don't have they don't have anybody even close to that, you know. Like can can you name a single receiver outside of J- Julian Edelman on that team? You Nikhil, probably can. Nikhil
1: Harry. There
0: you go. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's my concern with them as well. It's just they don't have a guy on the outside, and I just feel like you need that, you know. This, this just gets back to what
1: I said about Alabama with the continuity, right? If you had to pick one coach to say, who do I want to be in charge of my team? Not only preparing them after COVID, but throughout COVID, it's Bill Belichick.
0: Brian and, Flores, but okay.
1: No. <laughs> and his ability to get things figured out. and so Dan
0: Quinn. That's why
1: I was higher <laughs> on him than I was on anybody on any other team, just because of not the talent, not any of that. But it's like, hey, I trust that guy more than I trust
0: anybody mm-hmm. else. Yeah. So number nine. Front runner for coach of the year The Cleveland Browns Kevin Stefanski Perfect fit with the way that he wants to run his Offense and the way that the Cleveland offense Needs to be ran they need to line it up they need to Run the football he's done a better job These past couple weeks of getting guys like Jarvis Landry And although Beckham involved which you got to get Guys who are that explosive involved in your offense Baker looks is the best We've seen from Baker then again we're only Four weeks five weeks in they're four and one So yeah, they're, I, I really like the Browns. They have an elite pass rusher in Miles Garrett who's playing out of his mind. And that's the other thing with New England. They don't have one guy. You know, and I feel like most – I mean, their defense is still really good. They just don't have their, that one guy that you'd be like, hey, it's third down. we got two minutes left. I, I need you to make a play. Whereas I feel like most of the teams, not all of them, but most of the teams in front of them have, have a guy like that.
1: So, yeah, with the Browns, the Browns are hard for me. And there's another team later on this list that's going to be hard for me too. Because I was high on them last year and let me down, and that hurt. And so I'm scarred from Browns. (laughs) Okay, hurt me emotionally, and I'm not over it yet. And so it's hard for me to completely buy in, but I want to. I want to believe in this team. I want them to be good. I think the NFL is more fun when they're good. I think people, after last year, people loving the Browns, I think people are back to kind of hating the Browns, and I think it's fun. I think it's fun to have a villain. Um, Which Stanswell
0: s- doesn't really have this year.
1: No, because even the Patriots are like, well, Cam's there. That's kind of fun. And, yeah. And they're kind of an underdog, and that's kind of fun. And so, yeah, I think the the Browns are really our only chance at a villain. Uh,
0: Especially with the personalities that they have.
1: Right, right. And I think they will embrace that role really well. I do. Get the, I think it fits them better. It than does. Than the darling that they were last year. Yep. And so – yeah, I want them to be good. I think it'd be fun. I think that'd make that division a lot more fun. That's a tough division. That
0: man. may be the best division in football this year, it with all the injuries slowly. mounting up yeah. in, in the yeah. NFC West. So, speaking of that division, number eight, this team actually plays the Browns this week, and I think they're going to win. That's why I have them ahead. The, S- the Steelers. Now, I will say, Steelers combined opponents record is three fifteen and one So, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're really going to kind of find out. This is This is strength on strength. This is Maybe the best front seven in the NFL against the best rushing offense in the NFL. So that's going to be a fun matchup to kind of watch. Big Ben isn't making mistakes. You know, he's just kind of managing the game. Uh, Chase Claypool, I, I won't say I called it yet because it's just one game. But he's definitely shown flashes that I knew he was capable of.
1: Here's the thing. If the Steelers draft a receiver, just – Pretend that you've loved him forever because he's going to be amazing. They always hit on receivers. Because that's what the Steelers do is they draft receivers in the second to fourth round, and they are absolutely incredible. Like, that's what happened with Juju. That's what happened with A.B. got him in the sixth round. So, like, if the Steelers draft a receiver, just go ahead, buy the jersey, and, like, put a picture of it on Instagram. That way you have the receipts, and you'll be like, I told you from the beginning I was was on this guy. And, like, you don't have to know what college you went to. It's fine. Like, just (laughs) as long as you can prove – Hey, I was on this guy.
0: Do you know where, where Chase Claypool played in college? You should. It's not hard. Yeah. No, you don't know.
1: <laughs> Notre Dame. I, Notre Dame. Yeah. So I thought I was Notre Dame, and then I almost said Michigan, but that's down for people's Jones. And I was like, wait, no, that that's the Michigan guy. And I kind of blanked there for a second. But
0: yeah, Notre. Dame. So um, <laughs> he said, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Steelers at eight, seven. The Buccaneers. You know, they got. Exposed a little bit Thursday night football Maybe that offensive line is, isn't as good as we thought Then again Khalil Max not an easy guy to block So Tristan Wirfs got Destroyed by him Which we were kind of waiting on You know he's had a really tough go at it these first few weeks And he's played pretty well But yeah and then man, Tom Brady Did, did you see the eye roll when he looks up And sees Khalil Mack sacked him again <laughs> So The Bucks, we knew
1: their problem Was going to be the offensive line coming into the season and as much as everybody talked about how Brady didn't have weapons in New England, his ability to kind of throw guys open and figure things out, the weapons are going to be less of an issue for him as they are going to be a lot of other quarterbacks. The problem with Brady is he doesn't move very well anymore. He's old. He doesn't want to get hit. Right? That's the problem, which means you need to have a good offensive line to maximize Brady, and the Bucks don't have that. And so as much as he has all these wonderful toys to play with, I think he would rather have a really good offensive line than the weapons that he has. And so that was my worry coming into the, the season, just where he's at, the way he plays. And I've been kind of out on the bucks. People have talked when they got Brady, when they got, well, Gronk, but uh, no one yeah. took him seriously. People were talking <clears throat> about them as Super Bowl contenders. I like them. I just didn't see it. I like I, I their think, defense. I think Brady – is not the guy, I mean, we all know he's not the guy he was, but I'm not sure he's the guy that can really elevate in the same way. Yeah. And because that offensive line is bad, it worries
0: me. The defense is good. I like their defense. Obviously, you know, weapons are really good. I was talking about it, I believe on Monday, about how I think part of the reason why we're seeing the interceptions and stuff is because he's spreading the ball out too much because he has so many weapons. Like, Mike Evans should have more more receptions than the third best receiver on the roster, and like it shouldn't really be close. Like Mike Evans should have a hundred receptions, and the third best receiver should have between fifty and sixty, you know. And then maybe Godwin has somewhere between eighty and ninety, you know. So th- those that's I think the problem. I think that's why he's throwing so many interceptions. And yeah, the offensive line got dominated by the Bears. I didn't realize how good that Bears defense was. Like I knew it was good, didn't realize it was that good. Speaking of which, would you have the Bears in your top ten? They are. They're four and one. They're four and one. Yeah. I was about to ask where they're where they're at in here. Uh, no, 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 I'm
1: still sitting in my room. I still have my sweater on. We're still eating cookie dough, yeah. watching movies. I'm still
0: out on the Bears. <laughs> yep, me too. Uh, number six, even though they got absolutely destroyed last night, I still have the Bills here. I think they're better than all those teams that I listed. The quarterback, you know, Josh Allen. He he threw two picks last night. First one was not his fault. Second one definitely was. He had some other throws that could have maybe should have been picked as well though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, I I like how he pushes. <laughs> There's one play last night when they they scored their final touchdown. He like rolls out to his left and his running back is like throw me the ball. You know he's like five hours in the fight. And he's like no and throws an absolute bullet to the end zone for a touchdown. And the the announcer was like yeah Josh Allen got tired of throwing checkdowns. Yep. <laughs> and <laughs> the defense is still really good. Didn't didn't look like it last night though. But I mean, it's one game. I'm not gonna completely jump off go jump off the ship just because they had they played one bad game. It's
1: one game. The Titans have been coming off a ton of rest with all the COVID stuff. Yep. Um, and so I do think that's helpful. Obviously, their preparation has been a little strange with the COVID stuff. But we know they're rested, and so. Yeah, I wouldn't look too much into it. It was a Tuesday game. It's weird timing. You know, yep. It's hard to draw any kind of lasting conclusions from a game like that.
0: And so, speaking of the Titans, I do have them at number five because they are undefeated. Their defense is good. Derrick Henry, dude, the fact that he threw Josh Norman, of all people, which made me so happy. <laughs> if you haven't seen the clip, just go look up Derrick Henry's to farm, and you'll see him toss Josh Allen to the side like he's a doll. It's pretty ridiculous. And, you know, thing run the ball, Ryan Tannehill, man. Like, he just makes he makes just enough plays, you know, and he doesn't turn the ball over, and he hits open receivers. Like, when you do that and you have a guy like Derrick Henry, like, that's all you really have to do. And, you know, their defense is playing well. They're tough. I, I like them a lot. So, yeah, it's a Titans at five.
1: Yeah, no, I'm going to stand by that. Um, I think they're really – we were kind of underrating them coming into this season. Like, oh, well, is Tannehill going to be able to do it again? Gonna be, yeah, dude, there's going to be a solid team, man. Like, they, they have a good coach. They have a good program set up there. They run the ball well, so –
0: yeah, I'm I'm not going to disagree with that too much. So now we get, so I, I always say this. So I've, top four teams start is the, the the Super Bowl bubble. These are the teams that I think can win the Super Bowl. Number four, we have the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson, enough said. <laughs> get him on MasterChef,
1: get him on Chopped. Like he's going to win all of those shows.
0: My guy's cooking. Yes, he is. So, you know, at the same time, it feels like, we're just saying Russell Wilson's the fourth best team in the NFL, even though Metcalf. He's a dude, man. So, I saw this tweet. It's, it was from Jamal Adams, so it's definitely bias, but I can totally. I, I think I agree with it. DK Metcalf is our new Calvin Johnson, just with the size and the athleticism and the speed and everything. Like that is who he looks like.
1: Yeah, except and
0: he's six four, not six seven.
1: And Russell, well, Calvin Johnson six five. Calm down. <laughs> Russell Wilson said that he wants to be Montana or Steve Young to Metcalf's Jerry Rice. Like, he sees him as a potential yeah. all-time great guy.
0: He is He's so good, He's man.
1: incredible. He, he's incredible. You know th- the athleticism is incredible.
0: The only thing I don't like about Metcalf is his mouthpiece. It looks like he's got a pacifier in. No, nah, I'm in. I'm out on that. I'm in like why not look at the baby sure
1: <laughs> yeah that little baby is gonna absolutely put you through the turf and then run a 4-4 and leave you in the dust
0: yeah, as he he, he doesn't run him. a 4-4 chase claypool is the tallest receiver since calvin johnson to run under a 4-4 sure
1: but get matt, it right matt keff outweighs him by about
0: 50 pounds fair solid muscle um chris collinsworth all receivers look like that yeah i love that man all right um Three, two, one—really easy. Um, three, of the Ravens. You know they're really good. I think p- people were overreacting when they got beat by the Chiefs. Like, it's, it's the Chiefs who are also really good and who just seem to kind of have Lamar Jackson's number. Mm-hmm. And you know the only concern, like I'm gonna keep talking about it, like I've going to prove, Colt, right here. They don't play well from behind because I love Lamar Jackson, but he just doesn't throw the football super great. You know, like he's a good passer. Not a great one, like so. I like they have to get get an early lead, which when they play ninety five percent of the teams, they're, that's what they're going to do.
1: Yeah, I mean Lamar. Lamar is in a dangerous zone here. Of we all loved him when he came out, and for whatever reason, I think most smart people don't do this, but there are there is a contingent of people who think, well, he can't win a big game
0: right he can though like he's a good quarterback
1: absolutely and I believe he can too but if he doesn't if they have another bad playoff loss or if they you know have some losses down the stretch he's in danger of becoming one of those guys that we just kind of write off right and I don't want that to happen to him because I do think he's incredible
0: and he's great for the NFL
1: he is and so I like the Ravens I think them as a team are you know it's just a great organization and what they've been able to do with Lamar and completely change how they play offenses and how NFL offense is constructed has been fun, um, and so yeah, I'd still have them as a top three team. I mean, they've they've lost all of their losses have been really good teams at, that that play well, and so yeah, I'm not really worried
0: about them. Yeah, and then number two, I have the Chiefs. So usually when teams get beat, I usually drop them at least a couple spots, but I'm not know the Chiefs. <laughs> no reason. They had one bad game. The defense was bad, but part part of that is I think Derek Carr is better than what people think. Uh, John Gruden's a much better coach than what people think. And, I mean, look, it's one game. You're playing against a division rival who's excited to play against you. And I'm sure part of them was like, it's the Raiders. Like, we always beat the Raiders. And then, you know, they just they lost one. Like, it, it happens. Here's the thing that worries me about the Chiefs, and I probably wouldn't have moved them down either.
1: But Mahomes didn't play well against New England. And if you look at his stat line, it ended up good. But his two touchdown passes were those little pitches that are pretty much handoffs but count as touchdown passes. And even the week before against the Chargers, they didn't look great. And so – I do worry with the Chiefs that, like, yeah, they've been winning these games, and you have Mahomes and you have Reed, so they're always going to be a threat. I think at the beginning of the year, and especially after that Ravens game, we were looking at this team like this absolute juggernaut that nobody was going to be able to approach. And in the last three weeks, we've seen, hey, that's not really true. Um, yeah. they They do have some weaknesses. They do have some holes. And so... Monday night, Chiefs Bills is going to be a really really good game and a pivotal. It's going to be very to see telling how we look at both of those teams, and, and
0: especially how we look at Josh Allen just kind of see how he bounces back. I'll, I'm I'm big on the Bills, so I had to bring them up. I think if the Chiefs and Mahomes come out flat, there should be some kind of warning signs going yeah. off about that team after the last couple of weeks. And look, this is the Bills' defense is after New England probably the best defense that they're going to play this year. So I'm. It'll be a good game, um, and that's it's, it's like a Monday afternoon game. The games are like four o'clock. It's really weird.
1: Yeah, because they have to have two Monday night games. Because the
0: week. the Thursday football Thursday night game got canceled. Yeah. Number one, I said, said it last week. You know they they got to buy this week. The Green Bay Packers. The offense is really good. I'm higher on the defense than most other people, but I think part of that is just because let's be honest. If you have the op- option between talking about Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams over their defense, then you're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. And really just Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones because Devontae Adams hasn't really been playing. So I, I'm I in on the Packers, I think. They're, if I had to pick a team to win the Super Bowl today, I'd probably pick the Packers. The other, um, Alden Smith is an elite pass rusher who nobody talks about as an elite pass rusher. And then they've they got another guy, too, who I wouldn't say he's elite. I can't I'm blanking on his name. But he's also really good. So having two guys who can get after the passer – the back end is solid. I wouldn't say it's great. But linebackers, let's be honest, do we really care about linebackers anymore? Like, I think it's, they're probably the least important position, especially on, on a defense, just because it's a passing league. You know, So unless you're a linebacker who blitzes really well or, or covers really well, teams aren't really worried about you.
1: Yeah. Here's my take on the backers. Jordan Love for Rookie of the Year. <laughs> yes. What he has brought to his team. He's brought more to his team than any other rookie in the NFL. Because what has he brought? He has angered Aaron Rodgers yep. to the point of him burning the league down. He's so good, man. Rodgers is insane. And it's pretty much the same team they had last year, right? Same receivers, same OCs, same running back. And yet he's incredible.
0: Matt, Matt LaFleur has been better, too, I will say. Sure. He, he has improved.
1: So, so why is Rodgers better? It's because he's angry. And he's mad that they drafted Jordan Love. And the he's first not
0: throwing out. the ball away.
1: And so Jordan Love has brought more to his team and has led to more winning for his team than any other rookie in the NFL. And so even without stepping foot on the field, Jordan Love for Rookie of the Year.
0: Yep. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> so here we go. The, the The segment that I thought was going to be so great that I was really confident in myself in, has quickly taken a turn for the worst.
1: Turns out betting is hard, and we know nothing about it.
0: So, but this is why we do it, though, so we can learn. So, best of the week. Currently, I'm six, eight, and 1", so I'm currently lo- losing all of America money because so all of America listens to this. whatever
1: John picks, just go
0: the opposite, and so, you'll be good. Yeah, so last week, last week was my worst week. Hopefully, it'll be my worst week of the year because if I have a week worse than last week, then... You're in trouble. <laughs> so I went. I went one and four last week. Uh, the only game I got right was the was the Raiders game. So, yeah. Hopefully you you bet big on the Raiders game. <laughs> so, I, I made the mistake of betting on the Falcons. I shouldn't have done that. So, instead of betting f- with the Falcons, I'm I'm gonna bet against them this week. Vikings are four point favorites over the Falcons. I'm gonna take the Vikings. Teams the week after their head coach get fired usually don't play as well, yeah, unless the you're the Texans. Texans. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. One game, man, one game. So I'm I am not really uh, – so, yeah, I, I like the Vikings. They played well Sunday night. They just couldn't – you know, they they gave Russell Wilson the ball two minutes left. It's, it's, it's on them.
1: Yeah, your big problem with this bet here is that you're betting on the Vikings, and <laughs> I think that's going to be an
0: issue. But anyway, continue. So next one, Broncos-Patriots – I'm taking the Patriots. They're, they're a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. No Drew Locke. I think since last year, the Broncos have only won, like, four games where Drew Locke has not played quarterback, and they usually get beat really bad. And the, and there's no Von Miller. So, yeah, g- give me the Patriots. Um, I should probably do, like, final scores. So for the Vikings, we'll go Vikings win 31-23. And then Patriots win. I think they win big. I don't think this game's close. I don't care if Cam Newton's not playing. Is he playing? I, I have no idea if he's I is. I don't think he is. I don't it's not gonna matter though. Jar- Jarrett Jarrett him for, for MVP. <laughs> um give give me the Patriots. We'll go um we'll go twenty one to ten. I don't think the Broncos are really gonna be able to score. Ravens versus Eagles, give me the Ravens. You know, they're going to absolutely crush Carson Wentz. I should really just bet the Ravens every week. That's, that's what I should do. Uh, yeah, g- give me the Ravens here. Um, the Eagles are just really banged up. Carson Wentz is trying to do too much. He's throwing way too many interceptions. He's already, he's already thrown eight on the year. It's crazy how he's already thrown eight, eight interceptions, and he's still the best quarterback in that division. <laughs> I mean,
1: now, yeah. Beating Andy Dalton? Sure, I'll give you that.
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we'll go Ravens 38, Eagles Twenty one. I, I think it's going to be an absolute blowout. Rams forty ers The Rams are only a three and a half point favorite, and I. This is probably my favorite bet of the week. This is like, like if I had to like put a lock on any of them, it, it'd be this one. And now that I am saying that, probably won't happen. So anyway, see, so forty nine ers are really banged up. I don't know if Jimmy G is going to be the starter or not. I don't. bettered is that how you say his name? The their backup. Bethard C J. Bethard. Bethard. Have you seen the um? Have you seen the uh, the memes where it's like the Miami Dolphins played the 49ers and the 49ers got, and then they show Bethard's name, and it's like, beat hard? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm going to take the Rams. I don't think this one's going to be close. Aaron Donald's going to have a field day. Uh, dude, he had four sacks last week, man. Four. That's absurd.
1: Absolutely ridiculous.
0: So, and, you know, they gave up, the 49ers gave up five sacks last week to Miami, who's Whose pass rush is better? I think they're eighth in the league in average sacks per game, but still, you know they're not they're not they're not going to stop this this Rams defense. That you know you got Jalen Ramsey on the outside, so yeah, I like the Rams. We'll go 31-20. G- give me the Rams, and then Bengals Colts. So this is my like, so so the fifth bet is always hard for me. And you know, Colt and I were talking about this last night, and I was really tempted to do this, and Colt was like, take them. So I'm good. so Bengals-Colts, I'm going to take the Bengals plus seven and a half. I don't know if they win. Do Do you think they win? No?
1: No. I, you I, you I, just I, think I, they cover? I think they cover. Beating a team by more than a touchdown is hard. When you look at how many one-score one, one score games are in the NFL, I think it would really surprise you of how many are close. And and oftentimes those are backdoor covers, right? It's so a team scoring a touchdown with 40 seconds left when the game's already over. But, you know, just getting within, and, and we've seen Joe Burrow do that a few times. I think he's covered every game he's been in. Which is hard to do. It's incredible. And so, yeah, I'd I, I take the Bengals here. I'm not – not to win, but definitely to cover.
0: Give me a score because I I don't know what to pick for the score here.
1: Um, That is hard. I'm going to say
0: – That Colts defense is really good, so it's going to have to be a, a low-scoring game. Yeah. I don't trust Phillip Rivers, so this is good.
1: I mean, I'd say like 21-17. Yeah,
0: that's fair. I like that. It's going to end up being like – you know, it's it's, it's going to be a tie game, and then the Colts are going to score, and then and then go for two, <laughs> and they'll get it, and then and then we'll miss. Yeah, and it'll be an eight
1: point <laughs> game. Yeah, probably.
0: Okay, last thing, before we go, this okay. wasn't planned, but I just want your opinion on it. If you're the Vikings in that Sunday night football game, do you take the field goal or do you go for it on fourth and inches?
1: Yeah, I've heard this back and forth. Right, like the,
0: I I like going for it. I'll be honest, because like you're playing Russell Wilson. I mean, I don't think there's really that big of a difference between giving them the ball on the ten or the twenty-five. So I, am go for it. And then if you get it, like you, you, you put the game away. Like you're, you're playing to win. Like I, I, respect coaches who do that.
1: Yeah, I play for the win too. And people, I've heard people say, well, you, you kick the field goal and you make it an eight-point game, so you have to get a two-point conversion. Well, here's the thing. Because they and people are saying, well, you know, Russell Wilson's going to score. Well, if you know he's gonna score, why are you voluntarily giving him the ball exactly by kicking the field goal? No, yeah, you go for it. And if you make it you end the game. And if you don't, you're saying, Okay, well instead of having to drive seventy five yards, which is what we have to do if you kick the field goal, now you have to drive ninety three. Yep. And and so we're making you go a lot further in the field. You're starting in a more dangerous position. Yep. Where you have to try to change
0: your play calling mm-hmm. a little bit in a way you don't when you're on twenty five. And and they ran the ball really well the whole game. Right, yeah. Like I they that's that's the right call. You know, yeah. y- even if you don't get it like that, that's the right call. You do everything you
1: can to make sure Russell Wilson does not have a chance to beat you, which exactly. is what they did, and it didn't work out. But I I stand by it.
0: Yep. So, all right, that's gonna do it. You you got anything else? No, I think we're good. We're good. All right. Also, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Overtime Takes on KWHLP LP 102.5 FM, the Pulse here in Arcadia. If you want to hear more, so usually I say that I do a podcast on Fridays, but it hadn't really been happening. No, so. It's not. But, but if you missed Monday's show, actually, no, the, the audio on that got messed up, so that's that, that's not up either.
1: Listen to this again.
0: Yeah, just, there you go. Yeah. Let's go back right through. Listen yeah. to me yell at John about Sam Ellinger being good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so uh, thank you guys again for listening. It was really fun. Thank you, Colt. You're great to have on.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for
0: having me. So all right, that's going to do it here from us. Once again, this is Overtime Takes on KSWH LP 102.5 FM The Pulse here in Arkadelphia.